This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Uh, our series, More God, we talked last week about uh, His Word. I'll talk t- tonight about His Word and our heart. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for every individual that's here in person, every individual that's watching online. Father, thank you that as they've dedicated time to listen to what you have to say, to honor you, I ask you, Father, that you would honor them, speak to their hearts, give them insight into problems and situations that they hadn't even thought of. Thank you, Father, for strengthening us with your word. I ask you to anoint me by your spirit to speak your word with clarity and with accuracy and with the boldness that it deserves. And we'll give you all the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. And more God, more of God. We've been talking about that. Let me recap real quickly. Last week we talked about do we look at God's word as an option or as a necessity? We talked about does God's word is a necess- is necessary for growth? Jesus likened it to bread. When Satan tempted him, he said, he said, man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So he likened it to bread. Uh, we talked about no strength without eating. And the same applies spiritually, that we can eat. You don't just have to wait till you come to church or watch something online, but you can actually take time to read your Bible, and that spiritually is like eating. So I've been really selling reading the Bible. Some of you, Alan, you've been doing this for a long time. You keep, you keep selling reading the Bible. I'm going to keep selling reading the Bible because I know the value of it, and I know it strengthens us, and I know how much it helps us. Peter said something very interesting. Look, look at 1 Peter um, 1 here. 1 Peter 1, actually 1 Peter 2. It says, therefore laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And so, again, Peter is likening God's word. He said, it's, it's, like, it's like milk. It will help you. Paul later referred to it as, I fed you with, with milk and not with solid food. And so there are times, and, and maybe you've heard someone speak, or maybe you've heard me speak, and I throw something out, and you're like, ooh, that's, that's, that's a little deep. Well, there's probably some meat that just came your way. And, and you've got to chew on it a little bit. And, uh, but it's, it's okay. That's good. And so as we grow and mature, we can, we can handle that. And so, again, this is talking about how encompassing God's word is to us. I want to give you an example out of the, uh, the scriptures, a, a healthy perspective of God's word and what it's worth, how it's worth our time and effort. The, uh, the story of Israel coming out of Egypt, when they came out of Egypt, Moses God used Moses and delivered them from Egypt. 400 years they'd been living in slavery. God got them out. So as they're coming out, they reach a place in the desert where they don't have anything to eat. And so they begin to complain to God and, and, to, and to Moses. And at one point in time, Moses said, um, the Lord said, I'm going to give you enough quail so you're going to so, get so much quail, you're going to eat it until it comes out of your nostrils. In other words, you're going to get sick of this stuff. I'm going to give you that much. And he rained quail on them. But here's something he also rained on them, and it was manna. Exodus 16, chapter, verse 14 and 15, 19, 21. And when the layer of dew lifted there on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance as fine as frost on the ground. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? In fact, that's what manna means. What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. 
And Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it till morning. Notwithstanding, they did not heed Moses, but some of them left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. So they gathered it every morning, every man according to his need, and when the sun became hot, it melted. Now I'm just going to give you a little a, a, a parallel here. Uh, looking at this manna, as Israel, Israel was, was fed manna by God, so he, he sustained them in the wilderness. First, he gave them manna to eat. It was, it was free. They didn't have to grow it. They didn't have to create it. It was free. Second thing is, they did have to gather it themselves. Now, this is an interesting principle. God will give us something, but you have to receive it. God has given us salvation. We have to receive it. So he gave them manna, but they had to go out and gather it. So in other words, it didn't fall in their tents. It fell on the ground, and they had to go get it. It didn't fall in their mouths. It didn't fall in their cook pots. It, they, it fell on the ground. They went and got it. So after they went and got it, they had to gather it every day. This is interesting. Isn't it interesting? You'd have thought, Lord, why couldn't we have like some Tupperware or something, slap that manna in the Tupperware and have it last? It didn't last. They had to get it every day, which is interesting except for the Sabbath. And on the Sabbath, the day before the Sabbath, they could gather it and it would, it would keep, which is, is another whole message about how God can provide and even provide when you're not working. But that's the Sabbath. So now they're going out and getting it. Now they're bringing it back in, and they had to get it every day. And if you didn't get up and get it early, it would melt. So you couldn't wake up one morning and go, honey, whose turn is it to get the manna? It's your turn. No, it didn't. I got it yesterday. But it is your turn. Well, I don't feel like it. Well, 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 well. Well, I'm not going. Well, you're not eating either. Because by the time you get out there and it's melted, they had to be very intentional about going out and getting it. Had to wake up early in the morning and go. All you night people don't like to hear that, but that's exactly what they did. They had to wake up early in the morning and go get it. So, Alan, why are you telling us about manna? We don't have manna today. We have Kroger and H-E-B. We don't, we don't have manna. Oh, but we do. Because manna was supernatural bread. And God has given us supernatural spiritual bread. Here's a parallel. So let's look at the parallel real quick. Spiritually speaking, we have a better deal. God has given us his word. Didn't Jesus say, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So spiritually speaking, God's word is bread to us. Second thing we see, spiritually, he gives us ministry gifts to help us, but most of the feeding will be on our own. Talked about that last week. That I, you come to church, you come to classes, we are supplements. Now, we can be good supplements, but the majority of the feeding, you want to get to the place where in your life the majority of your feeding time spiritually is on your own, not necessarily in church. I am glad you're in church. Don't get me wrong. And I'm glad you watch online. But you want to get to the place where I am a supplement in your life. But you say, you know what? And I love it when people say, you know, Alan, I was reading the other day and the Lord showed me this and I got that. Bingo. That's where I want you to get. Get to the place where you're feeding yourself. So he can give us ministry gifts. Here's the third thing. The daily is still the best way to eat. They had to get the manna daily, and we need to eat daily. Look at this in the Proverbs. 
Now, therefore, this is, by the way, this is wisdom talking. Proverbs 8, wisdom's doing the talking. And by the way, ladies, wisdom is, is likened to a, a lady. Don't take that too far. Just, uh, <laughs> but it is, it's, it's likened to a lady. And in other words, wisdom, and reason likens it to a lady is, uh, ladies typically are the ones who are pursued, not the, pers not the pursuers. It used to be that way. Before texting. It... I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm about to dig myself a big old hole here. I, 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 I did, though, when I was talking with my daughter, and, uh, I, and she, was, she was at the dating age, 30. And um, I... Uh, she was younger. She was younger than that. I, I was talking to her, and, and I said, basically, I said, I said, darling, you don't, you don't want to have to pursue a man. You want a man who pursues you. And that's a good rule of thumb. Because if you're pursuing him, you'll be doing it for the rest of your life. So that was free for all of you watching about <laughs> online. Just a free tip. It's totally free. Don't write me letters. Okay. <laughs> Now, therefore, listen to me, my children, for blessed are those, this is wisdom, who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise, and do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Daily. Pursuing wisdom daily. That's why we have Bible 365. So you can develop the habit of reading daily. And you're pursuing wisdom daily. You're pursuing God's word daily. You say, well, if I don't do it daily, is it going to breed worms and stink? No, thank God, it will not breed worms and stink. But you want to, you want to feed on a daily basis. And that's the best way to do it. You say, what happened if I, if I skip a day? That's okay. That's why we have Bible 365, New Testament, five days a week. And on the weekends, you can catch up if you've missed a day. And so... It can still work. It can work daily for you. Smile, guys. I'm not, gonna, I'm not taking up a survey of how many people have done this. All right. But here's the last one. They had to be intentional about going out and getting it. We have to be intentional about reading God's word in our life. I have to be very intentional about it. If you tell me, I, I'm, I'm too busy, I don't have the time. It's not accurate. It's, it's what we're intentional about. How many know we make time for what's a priority for us? It's just as, come on, guys, come on. We're, you're Wednesday night. We're, we're all adults in here. We make time for what we want. And, and so saying I'm, I'm too busy to, you know, for read for three minutes and 45 seconds, I'm like, come on. No, you can do it. But you have to be intentional about it. The psalmist said this. He said, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So in other words, teach us to number our days is teach us to plan. Teach us to plan. We plan around eating. We plan around recreation. We plan around work. We need to plan, be intentional about making sure we spend some time with God and spend quality time with him. That's how we grow. And it's quality time, prayer time, time with him and his work. So I want to talk on our time left about heart factors that affect growth and can limit or increase more of God in our life. Heart factors. 
He's God's, God, the Bible said God's no respecter of persons. He loves us. And he loves all of us the same. He has no favorite children, but he has some that come close. Joy, Joy used to uh, teach preschool. And she said in preschool, she had a little girl who uh, named Paige. And Joy said, Paige was, Paige was, every, every time Joy looked down, Paige was there. And Paige was, was close. And Joy said something interesting. She said, you would think Paige was my favorite because she got to do more stuff. It wasn't that she was my favorite. She said, I loved all those kids. You know, Joy, she's going to be fair. She said, I loved all those kids. She said, but Paige was always the closest one. Every time she looked around, Paige was close. And so there are some heart factors that are involved. And that's the thing we talked about last week. And I love that. You can be as close to God as you want to. It's not that preachers can be close and no one else can be. It doesn't work that way. God is no respecter of persons. And you can be close to him and have a wonderful relationship with him. Jesus was talking about some of the heart factors that influence our, our, and, or increase our ability to have more of God in our life. Man, I want to know what those are because I want more of God in my life. Jesus had shared a parable. I'm going to just read it to you. I'm not going to, it's not on the screen, so just listen. Jesus is talking and he's sharing parables. And in Mark, he says this, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground, for it did not have much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up and increased and produced some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Jesus shared this scripture. He shared this parable with them. And then he said something that you see him repeat as a theme throughout the scriptures. And we'll go ahead and go to Mark 9. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. All things come in parables. Jesus is talking about a heart condition. And here it is. It's a heart to know. When he said, whoever has ears to hear, he said he wasn't obviously talking about just people with ears on the side of their head. He was talking about someone who has a heart to hear, who's got an ear to hear, someone who has a desire. There's got to be a level of desire there. In the, in the, I believe it's in Luke, uh, as uh, Mary or Zacchaeus, I think it's Zacchaeus, is prophesying. He said he, he fills the hungry heart, satisfies the longing soul. So there's a desire there. He said, he who has ears to hear. And then he, and then he, he shows us that principle in part, uh, just right there. He said, who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then he said, those who were with him, with the 12. Now, you know, there were 12 disciples, but there was also a whole group of people that were around the 12 disciples. There was more than just 12 of Jesus all the time. And they were following him. There were people around him. So there were some people around Jesus at this time, and, and they, they wanted to know. They're like, Jesus, what, what were you talking about? What, what, what did you mean by the, the sower sows the word? Jesus, what, what, were you, what were you saying? And Jesus looked at these people, and he said, to you, 
It's been given to know the mysteries. Who gets to know the mysteries? I think sometimes because we live in a world where there's favoritism and where there's the haves and the have-nots, I don't know that we've ever lived with, in, in conjunction with someone who's completely just and completely fair. Someone who is just no, absolutely no respecter of persons. I mean, we live in a world where if you look good, if you got the look, and you come walking in, everyone goes, ooh. You get treated better. You get treated nicer. They've said, now, they've done studies, and I know it doesn't, it's not fair. But ladies who are really pretty, whose car breaks down on the side of the road or have a flat tire, and they stand out beside their car, if they're real pretty, more people stop. It's because we live in a world where we're, we're impressed by what we see. Remember, uh, God told Samuel one time, man, he said, God doesn't see like man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. So isn't that good news? So that means as you get older, God doesn't look at you and go, ooh. Bro, you don't look so good. Well, no, because aren't you glad he's not looking at the outward? He's, he's looking at the heart, and the Bible said that the inward man is renewed day by day. So that means on the inside, we look a whole lot better, some of us, than we do on the outside. And those of you who look really good on the outside, your day's coming. Just wait, just wait, it's coming. But the idea is, aren't you glad that God doesn't look at us on the outside and go, oh, oh man, you, you ain't got it. Or you're not smart enough. Or you don't have enough education. No, he looks at our heart. And Jesus said, you got a heart to hear. You got a heart to know. Not though I'm talking to people who came to church on a Wednesday night, people who were watching on Wednesday night. You got to have a little bit of a heart to hear to make time to come because you want to hear something. You, you want more of God in your life. Now, now maybe you think, no, no, Alan, no, actually, I'm trying to date this girl and she comes on Wednesday night, so I come too. <laughs> well, we're going to pray for your soul. <laughs> but the idea is this. If you come, if you've, got a, if you've got a heart, the ones with the heart are the ones that receive. You ever talk to someone that didn't want to listen to you? Parents, y'all, I should have gotten a huge amen from you. <laughs> I used to look at my daughter and I, I said, I swear if I could, I would, when your eyes roll back in your head, I wish I could just fix them right there, boom. <laughs> I would talk to my daughter and she's like, how many of you know when someone does this? They are so not listening to you. It's a hard to hear. And I think a lot of times all of us have been there. And if you're finding yourself and you're like, oh, I don't know, I don't, oh, no, I'm really not into that. A great prayer to pray is, Lord, help me stir up a hunger in my own heart. Help me. I, I, don't let me wait for a catastrophe to do it. A good friend one time, it, uh, he, he comes here. He, he's been coming, golly, since the very beginning. He was out of church, and I went and talked to him. I said, man, you ought to come back to church. He said, I don't want to come back. He's honest. I said, why not? Well, I said, I don't want to be there. Or should I want to be a hypocrite? And I remember, it just, it just came out of me. I said, come back before a tragedy drives you back. And, and it's, just, it's just a good point. I don't want to hit a hard time and then get hungry for God. And if you're hitting a hard time right now, 
and you're hungry for God, you're smart. But you know what? You don't have to hit a hard time. You can come just because you want more of him in your life. And that's the best way. A hunger. And so Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then he begins to talk about the idea that uh, a receptive heart. Now let me go ahead. I can introduce this. Mark 4. Mark 4. So he began to explain the parable. Mark 4, 14 through 15. He said, the sower sows the word, and these are the ones, sows the word, scripture. These are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. And when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their heart. So we talked about a hunger, but then here's, here's the next thing. We want, we want to have a heart that's receptive. We want to be receptive to, he said they were sown by the wayside. So he's likened this, this parable. He said, so the sower is out sowing seed. The wayside was in effect a road or a path because they didn't have paved streets as much. He said, his sower, he sowed some, and it hit the path. It hit the road. He said, and, and Satan comes and steals it. Well, you're thinking, I used to read that and think that's not right. Satan should not be able to come. I'm coming to church. Satan should not be just be able to come and steal the word from my heart. That's not right. Well, he can't steal the word from your heart if you receive it. No, but if you, a lot of times, the word can go out. And, and we don't receive it. So, well, well, why not? Well, how about this? How about, and I know I've done this, how about when I step on your tradition? You know, a lot, a lot of times, some of you, if you come from different, different backgrounds, different denominations, depend, depends on how you were raised. All of us were raised some way. Some, some say, you know, Alan, I, I had no church. Okay, well, you were raised heathen. But, and, and there, okay. How many of you had no church? You were heathen raised. Just hands up. There we go. Baptist? Methodist? Assemblies? Presbyterians? Wow. A Presbyterian. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, not really. But I was uh, the... The idea is, how many of you know, you got, you got taught stuff. And sometimes you come in here. In fact, we have, we have a saying, I'm going to do, do a series, probably coming up next, on the Holy Spirit. Every time I do one on the Holy Spirit, i got to talk to people ahead of time like, this might go against the grain of your tradition, what you were taught. But we got a phrase around here. Don't get mad. Get Scripture. And so a lot of times you can hear stuff and you go, what's God, I wouldn't raise that way. My grandmother, we called her Big Mama. She was five feet tall. And uh, I, I didn't think anything about it. I just grew up calling her Big Mama. And um, you, know how, you know how usually the first grandchild names a grandparent. And so they started calling her Mama's Mama, so she's Big Mama. So I just grew up Big Mama. Big Mama's five feet tall. Means the snake. And she, a uh, tough woman, tough. Uh, Love the Lord, tough. And I took her to Lakewood Church one time. Lakewood, we took her there. It was, it was to her Georgia soul, it was very, very different. She was raised old school, southern, Georgia. Y'all feeling me on this? So I take her to multicultural Lakewood. Multicultural, this was back in the days of John Osteen. 
back up up in there on Wayside Drive. And, uh, man, it was, I'll never forget. She came walking out. She's walking out. She didn't look too happy. I said, Big Mom, what'd you think of that? She looked at me. She said, I'll tell you what. I was Baptist born and I was Baptist bred. And when I die, I'll be Baptist dead. I was not as tactful then as I am now. I said, yeah, when you get to heaven, the Lord's probably going to have you move right in next to some black Pentecostal woman. <laughs> I may not have been her favorite, okay? <laughs> but how do you know tradition can cause you to go... Here's another one. <laughs> pride. Now, all of us don't have tradition. All of us have pride. Everybody. I had one of my staff members tell me one time, he said, I got pride handled. I said, handled? Yeah. Got it taken care of. No more of it. I looked at him and said, today? What about tomorrow? You don't have to do it all again. How many of you know you don't have to do anything to have pride rise up. You just have to wake up and pride will rise up. <laughs> and you listen, listen to me. Especially, especially if the scriptures get on your toes. Some ladies say, so why don't you come on Wednesday night? Say, oh no, he, he said, no, we're not coming on Wednesday night. But he preaches different on Wednesday night than he does on, on, on Sunday. Right? On Sunday, I tread lightly on your toes. On Wednesday night, we just stomp all over them. And then, <laughs> five you know, pride can cause you to go, hmm, I'm not going to receive that. A, a willingness to correct. Um, sometimes God's, well, not sometimes, God's word will correct us. Now, here's the beautiful thing. If you, if you read it on a continual basis, It'll correct you on a continual basis. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians, um, third chapter, it, it said, well, let, me, let me just read it. I'll close. We've got two minutes. This is good. It said, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. But this is some meat. You ready to chew a little bit? Beholding is in the mirror of the glory of the Lord. When you look in a regular mirror, a regular mirror shows you who you are. When we begin to look in this mirror, it begins to show us who the Lord is. And then it changes us. You look in a mirror, it doesn't change you. This is the only mirror that begins to change you. You start looking in this mirror, and you start looking at yourself and go, ooh, that doesn't look too good. I need to change that. Ooh, I need to make an adjustment with that. Ooh. I need to, hey, listen, it's a, you say, you're a pastor and you have to make adjustments. We're all having to make adjustments. You know, you want to get to the place where you're not making 180 adjustments, where you're making just small adjustments. You drive from here to Dallas, you don't want to, there's the exit. You won't be able to pick that bad boy out ahead of time, just kind of ease over in the lane. If you read this, if you read this on a continual basis, 
It'll help you make adjustments, but it will correct you. But when God corrects you, he doesn't condemn you. He corrects you and you're able to go, ooh, Lord, I need to change that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you do. I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me. Forgiven. And then you go, you go a, a, a year later and you, and you read something else, you go, Lord, I need to change that too. He's like, yeah, you do. You know we're going to be doing this for a long time, don't you? <laughs> yeah, a long time. And how many of you now can say, I'm looking back on some of the things I did when I first knew the Lord, and you want to go, oh, dear Lord. There's my alarm. <laughs> time to go. To be continued next week. Bow your head with me for a second. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word and how it helps us, transforms us, changes us to be more Christ-like from glory to glory. Thank you, Lord, for the potential to continually change for the better that you might be glorified in our lives. Thank you for that. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed if you came this evening and said, Alan, I don't even have a relationship with the Lord, or if I do, I don't know it. Or maybe you did at one time and you got so far away from God you're sitting there tonight going, I need to get back with the Lord. I need to get right again. Or we're going to say a prayer. I'm not going to have you stand up. We're going to, we're going to say a prayer. If you're watching online, this, this prayer is for you. But if that's you that I'm talking to, and you say, I want to make sure I know the Lord or I want to come back to him, would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up real quick and go, Alan, that's me that you're talking to. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Yes. Appreciate that. All right. You can put your hands down. I'm going to pray. If you didn't lift your hand you really wanted to, or if you're watching online, we can't see you. But you can, in your heart, you can pray this prayer with us. If you're out, if you're by yourself, pray it out loud. If you're with other people, pray it quietly. But man, it'll, it'll work. Right over, right over, online. It works. This is for you. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ. Because I said yes to you. Heavenly Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. For those who stepped out of darkness into your marvelous light, for those who have come back home. We rejoice with them and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.